Hello, Happy New Year. This is Leona Graham with the podcast, which is back. Episode six of the fourth series. Hope you had a great new year and you're settling into 2022 nicely. On the show today, I'm going to bring you my review of the Hyundai Ionic 5 full electric vehicle. I'll also speak to legendary British rock band Magnum, who've been around for 50 years, talking to them about the fact they've been around that long and their new album and their forthcoming tour. We hear a little bit from my sons, Harley and Dexter. We'll speak to Emma Franklin at the MCN Motorcycle Newspaper for a bit of an update and get the latest music news with music-news.com. But first, the Ionic 5. Well, this is an extremely futuristic looking car. It's the kind of car you'd imagine cars to look like in the future, and it has arrived at about time too. The design of it is absolutely gorgeous and really eye-catching, and people have been really looking at me as I've been driving around in this car. Really clever sort of geometric design on the wheels, which also looks futuristic, and a mixture of uh, silver and black on the wheels with black on the middle. Um, it kind of looks like a cartoon car, really. Even the lighting is fantastic, done in, in square blocks. And it means that, you know, you can light up the whole of the back section, not just left and right, or just went near the boot, open by itself. Fantastic. And it's the same at the front. It's got lights that can go all the way along if you want them to. I'm going to put them on in a minute and uh, have another look at that because they are so cool. Seeing as the boot is open, let's have a look at it. It is a 527 litre boot capacity, so plenty of room in there. Now, of course, with electric cars, all of the electric components are underneath, so sometimes things are not as deep as they were in more traditional cars. So the boot isn't that deep, but uh, it goes back far, but just not low down. So you could only get a couple of cases in there, not more than that. There is some storage at the front in what they call these days a fruit so let's open that. Yeah, I probably need to go through the menu settings to find out how to open the fruit. There's nothing obvious looking at it or on the remote. There are three different battery types you can get on this. Um, and you can even go up to a dual motor version as well, which is the most powerful and goes the furthest as well. A 74 kilowatt battery is an optional extra on that one and 305 horsepower. But everybody always wants to know how far can you drive on the electric charge? Well, depending on the three different versions you go for, it ranges between around 240 to 300 miles. So 300 miles is fantastic. All three different versions as well come with fast charging. Okay, well, let's get inside and have a look. Just close up that boot first, which opened by itself. Okay, well, a bit like the Honda E, it's got some long, narrow screens. Um, not all the way along to the passenger seat, but between me, the driver, and the middle area, we have uh, a really long screen split into two parts, which looks really, really stylish. And unlike the other Hyundai's I've driven, there is no area full of loads of buttons. There's, there's a gap between me and the passenger, so I can um, shifty into the passenger seat really easily if I wanted to. In fact, I think you can even move the cup holders here that are between me and the passenger seat right back. Yeah, you can. You can move this whole section back, so uh, if you need to get into the passenger seat, let's park, say you've parked somewhere tight and you want to get on the passenger side, you can do so so easily. There's literally nothing between you and the passenger at all. 
Is that a good thing? Well, one of the things I loved about the other Hyundai's I've driven is having all the buttons in the middle, really easy to find them. Whereas in this one, you've got to go through lots of digital menus to find what you want. So if I want to heat up the steering wheel, I've got to go through lots of menus to find that button. I suppose you'll get used to that, but it's nowhere near as quick. Right, let's start her up. So just press the EV start button there. So it's showing me I've got driver one, driver two, driver guest. So you can have different profiles set up. At the moment it's in black with white writing, but I think you can change it to have all different colors and have your displays as you would want them in the much the same way you would personalize your mobile phone. You can personalize your car. Oh, I've pressed user profile. It's gone into a different seat setting and everything's in white, which I quite like. Yeah, I'm going to stick with the white and it's asking me if I want to change this driver setup. Hello driver, starting profile setup. These electric cars these days, I like driving your smartphone. Right, that's set up. It's showing me that the car's on 66% battery at the moment. The advantage, I guess, of not having loads between me and the passenger seat is there is like a little sort of rectangular bucket area which you could put your bag in. That's one of the biggest things for me is I tend to carry around a small rucksack and there's never any way to put it. You end up putting it on the floor, down by the passenger seat. Then it gets dirty from the passenger's feet. There is actually somewhere to put it in here. You have got an armrest in the middle on the left, which is suspended. Um, and you can have that at different positions. Uh, there's USB charging point, 12 volt, large vanity mirror, incredible cameras for parking. Not only are the ones where you've got the bird's eye view, the front and back view, there's a 3D view as well. Have a look at the photos on my socials for that. That is worth looking at. This is something I've not seen before, totally unique. Another little nifty feature is there is a nap mode. When you're charging up, so you're on the motorway, you need to pull over, have a charge up. You press nap mode and the seat goes back into this lovely, comfortable reclining position. <laughs> Love that. You can even use the remote control to move the car. So you've parked somewhere really tight um, and you just need to adjust it whilst out of the car there is a forward and back on the remote control of the car. So cool. There is even a two-point plug hole in the back. So you could bring uh, your camping equipment, boil the kettle, all from the car. The glove box, well, it's not a box. Nobody keeps gloves them in, in them either. Um, it's a drawer, a glove drawer. And this one contains the manual. But I guess you'd just keep... Well, I don't know. What do you keep in your glove box? I'd love to know. So that slides back and forwards. Okay, let's uh, let's take it out for a spin. I'm going to move my seat position. The gear lever, as I like to call them, or simply the drive neutral and reverse buttons in some cars, is not a button, it's not a lever. It's where you'd have your indicators. Really bizarre place for it. Um, and it's slightly lower than, than the indicators and windscreen wipers, but it is down here. And so it pokes out and then you turn it forward for the drive and you turn it back for reverse, uh, which is fine when I'm sitting here right now. A little bit tricky when you're doing a three-point turn. You've got the steering wheel the other way up because the steering wheel can block your view of this. So until you get used to doing it just by the feel of it, it's really frustrating because you can't see it. But let's put it into drive now. And I've pulled away. Not that you can hear anything. It's absolutely silent. Steering wheel feels lovely. It's nice and chunky. It's flat at the bottom and it's got some uh, larger bits 
at the top in your tenor two position to really grip onto. The steering wheel has more buttons and controls, which are all uh, touchscreen ones. You've got different drive modes. You can have eco, sport, and normal. It's got a head-up display, which you can adjust the height of, which I have already done, because it was way too high when I got in this car. Um, so I've lowered that right down. I've lowered it as much as it will go. I personally prefer it a little bit lower, um, but it's good. It's telling me that I'm in a zone. I'm meant to be doing 30 miles an hour, and I'm doing, oh, it's in kilometers per hour. Okay, that needs adjusting in the settings. I thought that looked a bit odd, because it says I'm, I'm meant to be doing 32. Feels absolutely lovely to drive. You can just turn the steering wheel with one hand around the corners. Not meant to, but I'm just demonstrating it. I love the white screens with the black writing. It looks really modern. As I'm indicating, there's a circle that comes to life with a left-hand camera showing me my blind spot. I'm gonna try a three-point turn now, test out the, the turning circle. Suspension is good, it's been over some ramps. Let's just get past that jogger. It's certainly got some power if you do need to overtake someone. Right, let's do a three-point turn here. It's a nice quiet road. Yeah, that is a good turning circle. Now, finding the reverse. Turn my little lever. Ooh, oh, I just put it into drive, I just went forwards. I nearly drove into my own brand new fence in the drive yesterday. I get mixed up with this lever. Weird controlling the car with my right hand. Years of doing the gears with my left hand. All out the window. That's it. Yeah, good turning circle, nice and tight. It does have uh, paddles as well on the steering wheel. Often they're for gears, but in this case it is for regenerative braking. You can control the amount of regenerative braking in the sport mode, for example, and you can adjust it to what suits you. Like all electric cars, they're not cheap. Prices start at around £37,000. So maybe you're like me, you're gonna wait a few more years until they come down in price. But out of the electric cars I've driven, this is highly stylish. Extremely modern, loads of good features. Once you get used to where things are in the menu, uh, perhaps you won't miss the physical buttons. Um, all in all, for a medium-sized car, electric vehicle, this has it all, I can highly recommend it. Hey Harley, how's it going? Good, you? Yes, good thank you. Now, how's it been going back to school? Yeah, it's been good. I mean, it's school, so it's kind of boring, but... Um, seeing the friends was good. Now, um, I expect lots of people can relate to this from when they went to school, but you did a cross-country race this week, didn't you? Yeah. Which has to be one of the worst things about school. Yeah, so it was. What was it like? It was really bad. So, um, they said that we were going to do 3,000 metres. Yeah. And instead we did 4,400. Oh. And it was really cold. And then, um... There was this really muddy part, and then my boots got stuck in the mud, and then I kind of, like, fell out of the boots and spent, like, two minutes trying to find my boots because they were submerged in the mud. And is that while everyone was running past you and you were losing your place? Yeah. Oh, so where did you come? Last. Because then oh, on the God. second lap, on the second lap, it happened again, and I fell over, so I was completely covered in mud and uh, trying to find my shoes whilst wearing white socks on super muddy mud. It just sounds horrible and one of the worst things about school. But Harley, you look back on this, you know, when you're grown up, and I remember when I did cross country, 
you know. But uh, coming last, I think that's an achievement. No. No, no, it is. It's an achievement. It's something you can laugh about in 10 years' time. So, Harley, uh, it's been a long time and a few of the listeners to the podcast have been wondering, what's happened to your Harley's life philosophies? Well, um, I haven't been on the show lately. But why? Where have you been? Well, you didn't let me on the show. It's, it's completely Oh, awful. hold on. The last time you come on, I asked you some questions. You went, yeah, no, yeah. And I thought, you know what? I'm not having him on again. So this is your new chance to impress us. So let's have a life philosophy, please. Okay. Harley's Life Philosophies. If you record yourself playing the recorder, do you become the recorder? Harley's Life Philosophies. Interesting. Okay, thank you, Harley. Please welcome Tony Clarkin and Bob Catley of Magnum. Hello. Hiya. Hello, everybody. How uh, are you? Good. Uh, we're great, yeah. Yes, yeah, great to have you on the show. So, um, big, exciting times for Magnum. You are going on tour and you've got a new album. Is it good to be back? Uh, yes, it is. Uh, we're in the studio at the moment. We're looking forward to going on tour, obviously. We're just uh, sorting a few things out now. So, yeah. hoping it's all going to happen. So tell us about this new album. It's called The Monster Roars and featuring 12 new songs. And I've heard No Stepping Stones, which I absolutely love. Can't get enough of that song with big brass section at the beginning, big powerful song. Um, tell us about the album. Ah, uh, well, I think uh, I started, I mean, I'm, I'm the songwriter and Bob is the vocalist. So yeah. um, we're, we're the sort of main people in Magnum, as in... We've always been Magnum. So uh, about the album, um, I started writing it just before um, the COVID thing hit, yeah. if I remember rightly. It seems ages ago to me. But, um, yeah, I'd written a few things and uh, just started again. Of course, uh, we, we've, we've all been sort of made redundant, as it were, because of this COVID thing. So I just got down to, to writing uh, all the songs. So. I don't know yeah. what I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony, you've always been the main songwriter, haven't you? I mean, how does it feel uh, to to be writing songs for so many years? How do you still come up with them? Um, I, I just sit down and write. <laughs> I mean, uh, probably a lot of the stuff, you know, I mean, I've got a studio at home and I just go in there sort of every day, really, and... Um, try and write something and lots of the times it's complete rubbish and sometimes <laughs> it's really good and uh, I just keep the good ones. <laughs> so how do you, do you uh, compose on an instrument or is it the lyrics first? How does it come about? It's, um, I play the guitar really. Um, I am the guitar player after all. Um, and <laughs> yes. I just, uh, I just <laughs> mess about on the guitar. That, that's, that's the truth. Right. And uh, hope something comes out. For like the last 50 years, it has. so It's pretty yeah. impressive, really, isn't it? And then do you write the lyrics as well? Uh, yeah, I do, yeah. Yeah, and I'm lucky enough to sing them. I know, <laughs> it's, it's incredible, isn't it? Because, Bob, you come along with your fantastic voice. I mean, what a, a team, really. It's, it's great. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, we've, uh, we're well matched. I mean, I found a guitar player and a songwriter I enjoyed working with. And uh, I think Tony found a vocalist that he would... He could work with and mould to his way of thinking. Uh, and we've been working now for 50 years. 
In fact, it's our 50th anniversary this year. Can you believe that? Wow. Um, I mean, let's I go back know. to the beginning. I mean, what was it like starting out in the 70s? Uh, ooh. <laughs> Can you think? Well, we've actually been playing in bands, you know, other bands. Um, I guess in the the late sixties, seventies, all that sort of. Yeah, thing. I was in bands. Tony was. Yeah, uh, we got together at the place called the Rum Runner in Birmingham, a nightclub, in nineteen seventy-two, as a, a resident house band. You know, and we were already called Magnum then, um, for some reason. Uh, and we just kept the name, and uh, we had a good few years at the Rum Runner. Uh, yeah. But then we, uh, Tony, started to bring his own songs into the the band, and we started doing them instead. And we got the sack. Then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so you did cover versions at first, and then when you went into your own music, they were like, "Right, off you go." Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. yeah. So where did the name come from then? Uh, Magnum. Oh, oh it's. Uh, we was in a nightclub and there was uh, champagne being drunken in there. Drunken? Drunk. And uh, they had a French restaurant and everything. And somebody came up with a bright idea. Go, Why don't you call yourselves Magnum after a Magnum of champagne? Oh. And uh, I didn't have a better idea, so there you go. You know, I think everyone uh, seemed to think it was from the gun. The gun. Yes, yes, Magnum the, gun. Magnum, the, the gun, yeah, Magnum. But really, it was, yeah. it was champagne. But it was champagne, that's so funny. <laughs> and then, of course, years later, along come the ice cream and you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know, but we were there first. Yeah, exactly, you were there first. I mean, I discovered your music in the 80s, the album On a Storyteller's Night, uh, which I have on cassette still to this day. Um, yeah, great album. Um, but And also, you're a Brummies like me. I was born in Birmingham. Do, do you still live in the area? Uh, I live uh, just outside and Bob, you live yeah, somewhere. I live, I live in Tam Tamworth. <laughs> Last time I looked. Okay. Yeah. Burntwood. There you go. Burntwood. So you still got your roots in, in the West Midlands? Yeah, yeah. That's great. Oh, yeah, well, I would be Brummies. You're joking. Oh, <laughs> <thank> you. <laughs> That's I'm brilliant. proud of it, I might say. Thank you. And out of your back catalogue, all those great albums that you brought out, which is your favourite album? Ah, uh, good one. Uh, with me, I think with us, it's usually the one, the latest one, you know, the one we've been working on for the last year or mm. year and a half. And it's bound to be your favourite, you know, because you put everything, your heart and soul into it. And and you you, you, you can remember all the songs on there, unlike other albums, which are a bit of a mystery to me. Uh, and apart from this one, I think, um, I think we did an acoustic album called Keeping the Nightlight Burning oh, right. in 1991. Really? Yeah. Uh, I remember some things, Tom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, uh, and uh, it was acoustic versions of songs we'd done before on our albums. Uh, and it was great. I, th I think that's my favourite ones, actually. But uh, mainly the new one, The Monster Roars. Yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've fallen for that one as well. Um, yeah, and it is like Bob said, that when, when it's the one that you're, uh, working on or you know it's the latest one you always tend to to go like wow this is the best album we've ever done which um yeah, yeah. i think it is really but yeah it probably is time yeah well i mean <laughs> those first the, i've heard the stepping stones and i won't let you down the first two singles and it's just absolutely brilliant so oh, I, yeah. i'd have to agree with you um <laughs> thank uh, you but you can't wait to play that live will you play all the tracks on that and some other stuff i mean which tracks will you play from the back catalogue uh, well, we, we do a mixture as we do normally on a show, keep it interesting, you know, so the latest songs, we'll probably do three from the new album, 
uh, and then a couple from recent albums like The Serpent Rings, Lost on the Road to Eternity, do a couple of there. And then being the 50th anniversary, yeah, we'll, we're going to do quite a lot of old stuff um, to get everybody going, you know, the, for the fans who've been with us all this time. Uh, so we mix it up and, uh, you know, knocking on two hours of sheer fun and hilarity and send everybody home, everybody home happy. Oh, that's brilliant. Good two-hour set. Yeah, knocking and on. That starts in Cambridge in March. Uh, then you're off yeah. to Norwich, London, Birmingham, Southampton, Cardiff, Belfast, yeah. Dublin, Glasgow. Oh, no, the Glasgow then moved to September, doesn't it? Um, yeah, the um, second part in September. The second part, yeah. Then we've got Sheffield, Nottingham, and a few more places, Manchester and so on. So all the dates um, we'll, we'll put on the website. But um, yeah. So just quickly, do you drive or do you ride motorbikes? I drive. I don't yeah. drive. Never okay. driven a car in my life. Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm Tony. I drive. <laughs> sorry, Tony. I'm okay. Bob and I don't drive. <laughs> okay, Bob. Okay. I'll, ask, I'll ask Tony, um, what sort of okay. car do you drive? Uh, a Jeep, six-litre Jeep. Oh, lovely. I had a Jeep once. They're so fast, aren't they? <laughs> Massive engines. Yeah. Right. Okay, question, a question for both of you. Um, what music do you listen to in the car? Do you listen to your own music or other stuff or the radio? I listen to whatever somebody's playing in their car. <laughs> I'm in the backseat usually. I'm, I'm the uh, t- typical backseat driver. But I'm, I'm quite good at uh, directions. You know, I'm yeah, good at you're, you're a navigator. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, I, I'm not the DJ in the car. I mean, I, I, I use my car especially for, to listen to when we've recorded a song and a mix uh, or sort of maybe halfway through and so, like, I'll be playing that all the time, thinking, oh, it's that, it's that, and uh, on the way to the studio and back from the studio and uh, suddenly realise that, you know, You've I've got to change there. something. You've gone yeah. Past yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where am I? It's yeah. a great place to listen to music, isn't it? So uh, it'd be a yeah. good place to notice anything that you're not sure about. So that's, that's great. Okay, well, it's lovely to chat to you both. Um, we can't wait for the album. Uh, that's out on the 14th of January. You've got the tour date starting in March. Tony and Bob of Magnum, thank you for joining me. Thank you very much. You're Enjoy. welcome. I'd just like to say thanks to all the Magnum fans for sticking with us over the years. And we hope you come and see us on tour. And we hope you, that you enjoyed the, the album. Thank you very much. See you soon. Hey, Dexter. Hey. What's been happening? I went to school today. It was amazing. Why? Why? Because the lunch teachers gave us so much good food. Oh, really? Why? What did he have for lunch? I had chicken nuggets, but they kept on like feeding me the chicken nuggets, and they was like, yeah. Yeah, you love chicken nuggets, don't you? Yeah. Now, Dexter, it's my birthday next week. Really? Yes. Yeah. Well... Is that it? Yeah. And um, so school's going well, lunchtime's good, we've been playing tennis, me and you. Um, have you got anything else that you're looking forward to this year? For Let's look at the whole of 2022. What are you looking forward to? Uh, going on holiday. Yes. Okay, bye. Oh, uh, that, is that it? All right, bye. 
So let's have a look at uh, some of the albums coming out in the very near future. One is from Bastille, Give Me the Future, out on February the 4th. Another interesting one, Slash, featuring Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators on their fourth album now, a collaboration between Miles Kennedy from the group Alterbridge, great vocalist, and Slash. And in fact, I'm going to a question and answer session with them. They're going to be in Los Angeles on Zoom, and I'm going to the Gibson Studios or Gibson something to interview them and ask them some questions so if you have any questions you want me to put forward please do let me know another great album coming out soon february the 7th is from eddie vedder of course the vocalist from pearl jam an album called earthling looking further ahead into the end of february guns and roses hard school their new album is out new one from scorpions soft cell and tears for fears those are the albums to look out for in february now a classic album i think we should all have a listen to is a led zeppelin album and this is Led Zepp 3, often overlooked because we all talk about 1 and 4 mainly, but 3 is a great album because it starts with that fantastic song called Immigrant Song, which is recently brought to my attention again by TikTok. Not something I tend to look at, but my son Dexter doesn't have his own phone, by the way, but he was using my partner's phone and looking at TikTok and sent me this particular video using Immigrant Song, which I may repost. I tend not to share things like this, but this one did make me laugh. So have a look at that. I'm going to put it on Rock and Road Pod socials. But Immigrant Song is the opening track on this album. There's loads of other great tracks on it, like Since I've Been Loving You, Gallows Pole, Tangerine, Bronyer Stomp. I think that's how you say it. Uh, but a great album. Let's have a listen to that collectively. Led Zeppelin 3, report back and tell me what you think of it. Okay, now for some music news. The Rock and Road Pod Music News, brought to you by music-news.com. Coming back to that Eddie Vedder album I mentioned, the new solo album, and you will find the details about this on music-news.com, the new album features Ringo Starr, Elton John and Stevie Wonder. It also boasts contributions from Irish songwriter Glenn Hansard, Red Hot Chili Peppers drummer Chad Smith and their former guitarist Josh Klinghoffer. Also on music-news.com this week, if you ever wanted a coffee table book about the hundreds of guitars, amplifiers, effect pedals and associated equipment that guitar hero Eric Clapton has played throughout his six-decade career, then there is a new book coming out called Six String Stories by Eric Clapton. He talks about all the different guitars used on albums, live in the studio and what they've meant to him, the stories of his first guitars in his first band and during his time with the Yardbirds, Blind Faith and throughout his solo career as well. It's a fascinating book. It's out now, Eric Clapton's Six String Stories and you'll find out more about this on the website music-news.com. The MCN Minute on the Rock and Road Podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Emma Franklin, Deputy Editor of MCM Motorcycle News, the weekly paper. Hello, Emma. Hello, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. How's it all been? Did you have a nice Christmas and New Year? Oh, I did, yeah. And you know what? I managed to escape a little bit of the madness by getting a uh, ride out on the Yamaha R7. So, oh. yeah, that was really good. So I spent a little bit of time with that, sort of like escaping my Christmas duties. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you do at Christmas? With, with family? Yeah, so we were here at home for Christmas Day and sort of just celebrated at home. And then we went up north to go and visit my parents who live sort of Merseyside way. So, yeah, that was really nice to see everyone. So it was oh, really that's good. lovely. And any New Year's resolutions? Ooh, not New Year's resolutions. Just ride more, I think. 
think. I think you ride more than most of us, but... Well, yeah, but you ne- there's ne- never enough, is it? Never enough. Never enough. I love that. Well, what have we got in the paper this week? Okay, so it seems like 2022 is becoming the year of the British bike rebirth isn't it sort of there's lots of cool british brands coming to the fore again with bsa and the reborn norton and so we've got uh, the latest model from bruff who are you know it's the resurrection of an old british brand but they're actually part french so this is their bruff lawrence nefford and it's sort of like a neo retro scramblerized model but it's an absolute sort of like work of art it's all hand built it's very 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 boutique style biking um it's got high level cans sort of a, a, a new subframe so you can take a pillion it's got big chunky tires 18 inch wheels sounds lovely it does look stunning but you know this isn't going to be a bike for everyone it's super exclusive they'll only make a couple of hundred of them and okay. the price is going to be in the tens of thousand pounds Ooh. but it's another cool british branded bike out there good um anything else to note in the paper this week so yeah we've got another um really good interview with um taylor mckenzie so he's the older brother of the current british superbike champion taron mckenzie um but he's had a slightly different time of it even though he's been really really successful rider in his own right he's decided he's going to hang up his uh, helmet age 28 because he sort of said the stress of um being a rider and sort of fighting for his job every year has just got too much and he sort of opened up to our sports reporter Josh about all the struggles and it's sort of really enlightening because it's sort of motorbike racing is kind of a warrior sport isn't it and everyone's supposed to be so tough in it and and Taylor's actually opened up and and shared about his mental mental struggles and how they've affected his actual physical health as well so it's really really a great interview. Sounds interesting and and what's his sort of plans has he got any plans for the future then? He has actually, really, really, in a nice sort of serendipitous way, um, Michael Laverty, who's launching a a Moto3 World Championship team for this year with young British riders, he's chosen Taylor to actually be the team manager. So it's brilliant. So it's all worked out rather nicely, really. So that'd be a great challenge for him. That sounds like a really interesting paper this week. We shall look out for it. Cool. It's out now. It's MCN, the weekly motorcycle newspaper. Emma, have a great week. And you, cheers. Speak soon, bye. Bye. The MCN Minute on the Rock and Road Podcast. Buy the latest issue in store and online at motorcyclenews.com. And that's it from the podcast this week. Thank you so much for listening. Please have a look at all the accompanying photographs on Instagram at Rock and Road Pod. Also on Twitter. I've even enjoyed TikTok at Rock and Road Pod. Not sure how much I'll use it, but it's there. So have a look at the photographs that go with this episode. Please do feel free to comment and message me with any questions you may have. And Rock and Road Pod is back with episode seven real soon. Thank you for listening. (laughs) 